The Holy Gospel for this day comes from Luke, chapter 6. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, <clears throat> grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, it's getting colder every day. The rain has finally arrived with a vengeance. I wrote that line a couple days ago, and it turned out to be extremely true this morning. If you see one more political ad on television, you are going to throw your saucepan at the screen. You are in a constant state of anxiety about American democracy in general. And the world feels like it's in a precarious place. While there are always, as Jesus once said, wars and rumors of wars, the amount of political unrest globally is very high. And, as of today, the sun is going to start setting at what? Two o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> sure, why not? There are days when it's hard not to feel like everything is kind of pointless. Pointless. Let's play around with that word for a while, shall we? On the front cover of your bulletin today, I invite you to actually get it out and look at it, is an image by author, artist, pastor Dan Erlander. Dan, who was one of my pastors at Pacific Lutheran University, go Lutz, in the early 1990s, was also the author of many books, author and illustrator of many books that we use frequently here at Holy Spirit and which Lutherans all over the world use all the time. There's a book on baptism that we give to folks called Let the Children Come, a baptismal manual, manual for parents and sponsors. There is one we use um, in our communion class for kids called A Place for You. We've given away them all, so I didn't have one to show you today. There's Baptize We Live, which is what we use in the new member class and have for many years. So you, you might recognize this one, the way we live together as Lutherans. And then there's Dan's sort of magnum opus, uh, his book called Manna and Mercy, which is a beautiful retelling of the whole biblical story. And that's what the image, this book is the image on your cover. That's where it comes from. Dan's name is one that I added to the leaves in our mobile because he is one of my saints. 
Dan died this summer after a long struggle with dementia, with Alzheimer's, and his memorial was held a few weeks ago. One of his smallest books is a collection of stories called Tales of the Pointless People. I think it's a wonderful set of stories for All Saints Day, so <clears throat> I want to share <clears throat> excuse me, just the first two chapters, or parts of the first two chapters of it with you. Chapter one is called The Snake. In the beginning, God didn't just make one or two people. God made a bunch of us. God wanted us to have fun and said, you don't really have fun unless there's a lot of you. So God put us in this playground park place called Eden and told us to enjoy. At first, we did have fun, just like God expected. We played all the time. We rolled down the hills, we frolicked in the fields, we waded in the streams, we acted silly, we laughed a lot. Then, one day, a snake told us we weren't having real fun because we weren't keeping score. He said we should give an apple to the person who is the best at playing, but we would never know who was best until we kept track of everyone's points. It was different after that. We yelled a lot. We had to make up new rules, and some games, like frolicking, we had to give up altogether because it was too hard to score them. By the time God found out about this, we were only spending about 45 minutes a day actually playing and the rest of the time working out the score. God was unhappy. God said we had to leave, and we couldn't come back until we stopped keeping score. But by then, we realized God was wrong. Fun is great, but without scoring, there's no reason for it. We're all very grateful for the snake. Chapter 2, The Birth of the Pointless People. God saw how frantically people were piling up their points and condemning those who didn't have as many. God was angry. God wept. God tried many ways to remind the people to be pointless until finally God said, I know, I have another plan. I will enter the world of the scorekeepers and become one of them. And so God was born into the world as Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus spent his whole life tiptoeing up to people who had no points, or very few, and whispering in their ear, you don't need points. And they smiled and said, maybe that's true. But the people who were in charge of scorekeeping were threatened and unhappy. They arrested Emmanuel and killed him. Emmanuel's friends said, we knew it was too good to be true. There's only one thing to do now. Go back to keeping score. They laid him in a borrowed tomb and returned to Jerusalem to find an employment agency. While they were gone, God said, The scorekeepers think everything is back to normal. Ha! Get up! God called to Jesus, and so Jesus got up and met his friends and said, Let's get on with the parties. Let's continue our work. After a brief hesitation, they joined hands, and the dance went on. They held dinners and shared their resources and got in trouble with the scorekeepers. Be pointless, Jesus told them. It was hard to do this, but they got up every morning and tried again. They told each other, be pointless. Let's be pointless. 
Now, you can check this book out, I think, from our library and read the rest of the story, including the chapters like The Pointless People Build a Seminary and The Pointless People Draft a Sexuality Statement, which is very enjoyable, let me tell you. <clears throat> but living without points, trying not to keep score, is so hard for us as humans, so built into us in so many ways, that sometimes we even turn this day, All Saints Day, into a celebration of people who piled up the most religious points. We hold up people whose lives were truly exceptional in, in so many ways, who sacrificed for the gospel or for doing justice or for making the world better however they could. Even if we expand beyond some of the most commonly known saints, right? St. Francis or Mary and Joseph. Some of the newer lists of saints have people like Mr. Rogers and Bishop Desmond Tutu and James Baldwin and Mary Oliver. Even then, we often compare ourselves to them and feel like we just don't measure up. The saints that we celebrate today somehow manage to live in rejection of this elaborate point system. Many of them, at least the famous ones, were often scorned in their own day. It's really only in hindsight that we look back and realize how God was at work in them. But sometimes we come to this All Saints Day and we do feel somewhere deep down a little anxious that we haven't racked up as many religious points as other people. We look at these wondrous people that we give thanks for today and we think they were really amazing, but I'm not. However, as one of my favorite preachers, Pastor Nadia Boltz-Weber, said this week in an article, she said, while I love the big-name celebrity saints, the people who have trading cards and Wikipedia entries, today is not just about them. Because today is not some saints Sunday. It is all saints Sunday. And all means all of us, too. Of all the days in the church's calendar, today might be the most pointless. By which I mean, it might be the best day to name and remember and challenge ourselves to live the way Jesus whispers in our ear. You don't need points. To try, which is hard, to walk away from all the ways that we keep track and hoard our accomplishments and hang up our diplomas I wrote that line, by the way, while looking at the diplomas on my wall, so I'm not just throwing stones from my glass house. The ways we need to do as Jesus did and continues to do among us, walk up to one another, or maybe look at ourselves in the mirror, and say, be pointless. You don't need points. We can even see this struggle at work in our lessons for today. So Daniel, this vision, this apocalyptic vision of Daniel in which he identifies the empires of the world, the tyrants, as beasts. Those beasts are so powerful, all the, score, all the scoring and the point-keeping that they're doing, it's almost impossible to find our way out of them. You can hear it in the psalm, right? I, I could almost hear your voices change as you were reading the psalm, as you were reading the dark parts that Nancy said. We all read together, let the, let, them, let the praises of God be in their throat and a two-edged sword in their hands? What? Even the scriptures struggle with the fact that 
We don't know how to get out of this system. We don't know how to stop keeping track, keep track of who's right and who's wrong, who's in and who's out, who deserves violence and who doesn't. And if we need any further proof, then certainly the gospel, the sermon from Jesus, should do it. Which basically comes down to Jesus saying, blessed are those who have no points. And heads up, anytime we think the points we do have are going to keep us safe from the daily realities of life, things like hunger and sorrow and loss. For the days when you feel like you're at the top of Jesus' list, you're hungry, you're tired, you're worn out, you're worried about safety, you're, you're mourning the death of someone you love or the end of something you thought you could never lose, then Jesus' words of blessing can be joy and hope. And for the days when you might be at the opposite end of the scale, when you're feeling pretty good about life, just remember, all those points aren't going to count in the end. (laughs) Turn your eyes and your heart and your resources and your solidarity toward the people that the system leaves out, because that is where you'll find God. All of us at some point in this life have bemoaned the unfairness of the human point system. It might be because you come to a point where you feel like you did everything right. You obeyed the rules, you played the game, you did the thing, and you still lost. It might be because you're looking around at the way some people have amassed so many points, they don't even bother to keep track anymore while others are struggling just to keep their heads above water. And we think, everything we have created is so out of balance, I don't know how to get it back anymore. Or it might be that you feel like today Jesus' words about being pointless are nice, if completely unrealistic. A good idea while you're worshiping, but really hard to work out in daily life. You can't put a note in your visa bill that says, I'm choosing to be pointless. They're not going to care. I'm quite sure you're not alone in any of those feelings. I want you to take out that bulletin cover again, right? Look at it for a minute. Now, underneath the image, do you see the world's longest Greek word? That is a real word. I want you to actually, let's actually try to pronounce it. It's an ancient word. No one knows how to say it. You're not going to mess it up. So go ahead. Try to actually say it out loud. (laughs) Well done. Points for all of you. There you go. (laughs) It's an awkward word. It does not roll off the tongue. It's uncomfortable to try to say it. It means to unite all things in Christ as best we can tell, because it only appears one time in the whole Bible in the book of Ephesians. You see that noted there. It's not a word that comes naturally to any of us. It probably didn't even to the ancient Greeks either. So why did I ask you to say it? What's the use of learning to pronounce an ancient Greek word made of 19 letters? When are you ever going to use that? It's the worst party trick of all time. It's kind of pointless. What's the use of believing that that black and white drawing you hold in your hand is actually a vision 
and a promise from God. God who created the universe, who breathed life into you and me and all humanity and the earth itself. A God who washes us in water and feeds us at a table and stands with us when we are hurting and reminds us to stand with each other. What's the use of claiming this vision and hope in a world so full of violence and struggle and a scoring system so out of balance? It feels like we can't do anything about it, no matter what we try. It's kind of pointless. What's the use of talking about saints today when all the power belongs to the politicians and the billionaires and the tyrants? Why do we say these names and tell their stories of small faithfulness, all those names on the leaves above us and the ones we will say out loud, when the noise all around us is full of disinformation and anonymous social media cruelties and racist, anti-Semitic rhetoric. Who are the saints in comparison to all of that? What if it's pointless? Jesus' way of life does not come naturally to us. It doesn't roll off our tongues. We struggle to live it the way we struggled to pronounce a 19-letter Greek word from 2,000 years ago. The way we struggle against the point system. The way we struggle to believe that we are just as much saints as Mary and Joseph and Desmond Tutu and Mr. Rogers and all the other ones we could think of. Because it's not some saints Sunday, it's all saints Sunday. And it's not our work to keep limited scores, (laughs) or even to try to redistribute the points we do have. It's our call to take the whole thing apart, even if that seems completely impossible, and start over again. It's almost as impossible as somebody walking out of their own tomb. Now, if you suspect that none of this will ever happen, this is a nice idea, Pastor Katie, but it's totally unrealistic, then I want you to look one last time at your bulletin cover and your impossible Greek word. This promise, this sure and certain promise that one day all things, all saints, will be united in Christ. Look at those pointless people gathered at their table of bread and wine. Do you see who is there A quite surprising guest, someone who one day, as unrealistic as it seems, will be a saint, just like everyone else. Do you see the snake? What if it's all pointless? What if it could be? Thanks be to God. Amen.